Welcome, everybody. This is a U.S. Grace Force podcast. I'm Doug Berry, along with my very good friend, Father Richard Heilman. And we've got with us again, Mark Mallett, coming to us from up north, Canada. You're Canada, in Canada, eh? right, Mark? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Um, no igloos up here right now. There's uh, hardly any snow on the ground. We just have a little bit of a skiff. So we've been enjoying this El Nino uh, phenomenon. It's pretty good. Ah, yeah. Well, okay, I'm enjoying take- it down here in Texas, too. What's the government taking away from you today? Up there. Oh, uh, they're they're working on taking away all of our base uh, natural gas power right. so that we have rolling blackouts constantly. All right. All uh, right. But it's to save the planet. So we're going with Thank it. You. Yeah. yeah, sure. Thank you for the Canada takeaway report. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, uh, isn't it? It's just uh, insane that the uh, uh, the inmates are running the uh, prison right now. <laughs> yeah, it is crazy. And they just keep piling it on. Canada just keeps coming up with new ideas on how to make things brutally more difficult than they already are. Well, Trudeau is the poster boy of the World Economic Forum, and, and Klaus Schwab said that. He mm. literally said that yeah. Justin Trudeau was the ideal, uh, you know, leader of the, the whole World Economic Forum's uh, agenda. So when people look at Canada and see crazy things here, what they're doing that is really destroying the economy, destroying our energy stability, mm. uh, this is all what the World Economic Forum is is planning to mm. do, yeah. all in the name of saving the planet. And I know we're going to talk today more about their agenda, yeah. uh, which is really an anti-human agenda. Yep. Yeah, it is wild. Well, let's get it all started with some prayer. And Father, we always amen. turn that over to you. All right. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. <clears throat> St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the heavenly hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Awesome. Wonderful. Thank you very much. And as always, we want to thank everybody out there who supports the U.S. Grace Force podcast. In the different ways that you do it, a lot of people are praying for us, and that means, of course, the most to us. We thank everybody for that. We thank those of you who continue to subscribe, share, get this information out to as many people as possible. I would say with the amount of time and the resources that we have, let's do the best we can to reach as many hearts, souls, and lives as possible with these messages. Also, for those of you who support us through the Patreon program, we thank you so much for that. A few dollars goes a long way. So many hands make light the work, as they say. So the more people that support give just a little, it really adds up and helps us continue to get this message out to as many lives as possible. If you're interested in supporting us through the Patreon program, click the link in the description below. And again, we thank you so much for that. You are all, all of you are in our prayers all the time. Also, don't forget, for those of you out there who'd like to check out some great U.S. Grace Force gear, we got sweatshirts, uh, hoodies, all kinds of different things. Go out to the link in the description below, and you'll find some great messages you can wear, you can share, and that also is a way to help support the work that we do here. So thank you for that. I also want to make a quick plug. I'm just really excited about this. My son has started something, a new YouTube channel called Always a Kid, and it's a fun, very family-oriented approach. Just remembering fun things, exciting things, family-oriented things. Go check it out. The link's in the description. Always a kid. Subscribe to it. It's growing. It's new. And it's just fun. It's just a good reminder that there is an innocence in each of us that God wants us to retain. And concerning what we're going to be talking about, 
with our guest, Mark Mallet here. Mark, this is a tough subject really to address. World Economic Forum, Disease X, and the final confrontation. And of course, the final confrontation is a reference made by Pope St. John Paul II. I know you're going to break that down for us. But World Economic Forum, as you mentioned at the beginning, what uh, what what a what do we say, villainous approach at trying to dominate the world. Um, what are your thoughts on what's going on with the WEF? And then, of course, we'll get into Disease X and the final confrontation. But your thoughts on the World Economic Forum, especially since, as you've mentioned, Justin Trudeau is considered one of the yeah. poster children for it. Well, well, the first thing I, I want to say to your viewers and to mine who are, who are watching this is um, – the intent of this program, and I know your hearts are on the same page, is is there's a lot of people out there on YouTube and podcasts. They're all talking about how bad things things are, and we're not here to just glorify satanic news. And that's really what all right. of this stuff really is. Yeah. We're really here, and the intent of what I want to say and share on this program is to, uh, as it says in Hosea, my people perish for lack of knowledge, yep. and so. Jesus himself commanded us, watch and pray. So the first thing is we're giving you information that we want you to watch and to be aware of because these things are coming at us like a freight train. And some people will despair if they don't know that, hey, the church was prophesying these things, which means that God's in charge, God has a plan, and then we need to pray. Not just watch, but we need to pray and be on board. So that's that's the intent of this because yeah. you're right. Doug and Father, this is tough stuff we're going to talk about. It's very sobering. Uh, the World Economic Forum is, uh, its you know, it's interesting. When it, we were talking about this three, four years ago, the World Economic Forum was being called by the mainstream media, this great reset that they promote, was being called conspiracy theory. And it's not conspiracy theory. You've got world leaders going to this. You've got major funders like Bill Gates, billionaires funding the World Economic Forum. And they are setting the agenda. Hey, my watch just went off and here in Canada means it's the hour of divine mercy. Hallelujah. So we're, we need to be talking about this in the hour of divine mercy where I am. Because God's mercy is preceding this. But, you know, when Jesus said to Faustina that he's opening his heart to give divine mercy to the world, he said, woe to those who don't accept my mercy in this hour, because he said that the hour of divine justice is coming. And why is that? It's because of the World Economic Forum. It's because of the other entities, entities in the world, like the World Health Organization, which is really an independent body, uh, that if you really get into the nuts and bolts of it, it's really not about our health. It's really about controlling humanity, controlling us via the instruments of health. And once people understand that, uh, they can begin to see this isn't really about your health. It's, a, it's a really about corralling you into a system using your health and your health status through digital IDs, vaccine passports, which were just approved by the G20 nations. So again, this is out of the realm of uh, conspiracy theory. This is happening in real time. Mm -hmm. And you've got, uh, you know, warnings now coming from doctors like Peter McCullough and others, Dr. Robert Malone and others who've been in the background, who've risked their careers and lost a lot to warn, hey, the healthcare system that I believed in no longer exists and you need to be prepared for what's coming. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, thank you, Mark, too, for opening up and saying that 
you know, this isn't about instilling fear or anything like that. It's a, it's about helping us, helping all of us to be totally aware of what's going on. We were talking uh, last week with Father Ripperger about how incredible it was, uh, and the most recent uh, cataclysmic event, if you want, was the uh, COVID outbreak, and those who were especially close to God were the ones who were seeing, and this is the way I'll put it, seeing as God sees mm-hmm. and, and, and understanding what they're up to. And I guess that's what we're trying to do here is to help us all to see clearly, to have truth with clarity, uh, to yeah. understand exactly what's going on. What is, what is the devil up to? Yes, but what is God up to as well? You know, and, mm-hmm. and and help us to understand how we are to proceed as a people of God, how we are to follow the will of God in, in our lives as we face these challenges. And this is my personal belief. I, uh, the church is not necessarily teaching this at this moment in history, but I, I do believe that um, we were facing challenges because we're choosing not to draw as close as we can and to see with the eyes of God. In other words, the devil's getting away with stuff, okay, because we're not uh, seeing what he's up to. And praise God, people like you, holy men like you, uh, that, that, and, and I put myself and Doug in this category too, that we're concerned that the sheep are being abused, that they're being eaten by the wolves. And so I guess that's what we're doing here is we're going, there's a wolf, there's a wolf, there's a wolf, so that you can avoid those wolves in, in your life and to the best of our ability and to understand, again, what God, what God's up to, but also what the devil's trying to pull uh, during these times. And I don't know, I, you know, the the the, uh, the side that opposes God, that's the best term I can come up with, mm-hmm. uh, seems to use the term existential threat <laughs> again. Why? Because they're the ones truly that want us to live in fear and and to see, oh, and, and then what? And then they can control us. They can be those uh, tyrants, if you will, dictators, world rulers that they long to be, that, they, that that's that's really what, what uh, everything for them. Uh, yeah. And so to inflict that fear, and we're trying to say, no, no, uh, understand what they're, what they're doing. So uh, I look at it this way, the, the cast of characters that are involved in the World Economic Forum, uh, Mark, is, is, is that the way you see it too? Is that there's almost like this dopamine that they're addicted to right now that, that, that makes them thrive to want to do all that they can to count themselves as superior as the world leaders. And I, this is the point where I always point back to the original sin. You will become gods. You will know what is right and what is wrong. That snake hanging from the tree uh, spoke to our first parents. Uh, they want to be the gods. Is that right, Mark? Yeah, it- yeah, it it is, and uh, this is the warning of the catechism about secular messianism. Uh, one of the great prophets, I think, in our times is the author Michael D. O'Brien. He's a fellow Canadian of mine from Ottawa. Some people will be familiar with his novels, uh, Father Elijah, 
uh, Clips of the Sun and so on. And he wrote novels, but prophetically speaking about these times. And uh, Michael, in fact, it, it spiritually directed my own writings for five years. He was appointed by my spiritual director. He was a brilliant grace and gift to me for years. And Michael, in a talk he gave in 2009 on globalization and the New World Order, said this about the secular messiness. He said, it's in the nature of secular messiness to believe that if mankind will not cooperate, then mankind must be forced to cooperate for its own good, of course. The new messianist is seeking to transform mankind into a collective being disconnected from his creator will unknowingly bring about the destruction of the greater portion of mankind. They will unleash unprecedented horrors. Listen, famines, plagues, wars, and ultimately divine justice, as I was saying earlier. In the beginning, they will use coercion to further reduce the population. And then if that fails, they will use force. And so I think we have to understand that these guys really truly believe that they're doing they're doing good for the world that they really think we're overpopulated but they're deceived um and and john paul ii was at the forefront of warning especially in evangelium vitae his gospel of life uh i think it was an encyclical if i'm not mistaken and he talked about them saying that not a few uh, powerful of the earth are acting in this same way. They're haunted, he said, by the current demographic growth. And he said, consequently, rather than wishing to face and solve these serious problems with respect for the dignity of individuals and families and for every person's inviolable right to life, they prefer to promote and impose by whatever means a massive program of birth control. And later, you know, he would talk not just about birth control, but he, and I think this is this is stunning what he said. He spoke about those who were in the healthcare system, uh, who would uh, lose their their focus on what their role is. He said, which is to to bring about um, uh, to be guardians. He said, and servants of human life. But he said, in today's cultural and social context in which science and the practice of medicine risk losing sight of their inherent ethical dimension, healthcare professionals can be strongly tempted at times to become manipulators of life or even agents of death. So I just want to pause for a moment. So we have many wonderful nurses and doctors in the world, but right now we do have nurses and doctors who are becoming manipulators of life and agents of death. And again, you were talking about Canada earlier. Canada, again, the poster child, in a sense, of the World Economic Forum. And you've got euthanasia now. Thousands of Canadians taking their lives now through assisted suicide. And they're wanting to make the laws easier now for kids who are depressed. John Paul II, you want to talk about conspiracy theory? John Paul II said that's exactly what it is. He said it's a kind of conspiracy against life being unleashed against the world. And so this is where we're at right now, where the World Economic Forum in cahoots with the United Nations and with the World Health Organization are unleashing right now on the world. What's happening? What are we seeing? Wars 
and rumors of wars. In 2022, the United Nations warned, I was just reading their document just a few days ago, they said an international food crisis is coming against the whole world. And now we have the World Economic Forum and others talking about disease X. This new disease, they say we, we know it's out there. We don't know what it is really, but it's gonna kill 20 times more people than COVID. So they don't even know what it is, but they're already making vaccines for it. You know, people, we have to stop and look at what they're saying and go, we need to have one of those wait a minute moments where we go, well, what are you talking about? That you don't even know what it is, but you're making vaccines for it. You don't know what it is, but it's gonna be 20 times more lethal. That sounds to me like psychological warfare on a generation that is already coming out of the trauma of the lockdowns of the past three years. And so what I've just described to you sounds an awful lot like Matthew 24, exactly what Jesus warned. He called them the labor pains. And I dare say, I think we are poised now after the first labor pain, what I call the water breaking. You know, when the woman's water breaks, it's time to go to the hospital. That was COVID-19. The water broke. It was God's warning to us. You are entering now into the labor pains. And I think the next major labor pain is coming. Remember what Bill Gates said? He said, Oh, this pandemic, you said, you know, is, is here, but the next one will get your attention. Mm. And, and that's what I find disturbing because I think that these guys, I think we should take them at their word. And I'm not saying that to scare people, but you know, this is where we start to need to put on eternal spectacles and realize we need to fix our eyes on the kingdom of heaven. Because, you know, whether it's a famine or a plague or war, we have generations that have come through wars in which suddenly their men were called up and they never came home. Yeah. And this is why we need to just keep heaven in perspective. So anyway, uh, that gives you a little bit of a summary of what John Paul II, his vision of what he saw coming that I think is now here. Yeah, you know, and, you know, the title of our of our you know episode here referring to Disease X, World Economic Forum, Disease X, and the Final Confrontation. This Final Confrontation is in reference to what St. John Paul II had said. And he did make that very clear that we were entered this final confrontation between the gospel and the anti-gospel, the church and the anti-church. And, and, and so much of what you said there, he was very, very adamant about the reality of our times. He didn't hide from it, but he prepared us. He told us yeah. not to lose hope. He told us to have hope and to not let fear basically take us over. What you just described, and for the audience, if they haven't seen this, th that is almost word for word, how the World Economic Forum has it laid out in their document. We don't know what disease X is, they say, but we know it's out there. And then they talk about it being 20 times worse or killing 20 times more than what COVID did. Now, the World Health Organization has jumped on board with this as well. The time we record this, this was this was reported just in the last few days that mm -hmm. they have come out, they're, they're calling for all nations to join with the World Health organization with who in a worldwide pandemic treaty which basically gives who the authority the world health organization the authority to come into countries and dictate what happens if there is a disease x pandemic type thing now you know as we were talking earlier i, I just think it's one of the most irresponsible ways that any leader or head of an organization any parent to their children would in any way deal with those that are let's say, under their 
authority, or in this case, you know, World Health Organization saying that they care that much about the world, but we're going to throw out a big what if. What if there is a disease out there that is 20 mm-hmm. times worse? It's a major fear factor type of moment here. And I agree with you on this, Mark. The, the people in this world, all of us need to put the right glasses on and see gospel perspective here, prophecies that have been clearly laid out in many, many different ways, but also common sense. We saw this. This is not our first rodeo. We know what they did with the whole last pandemic, and we know how the manipulation and the fear was constantly hammered away at us worldwide. Many people, in fact, as you mentioned, people like Dr. Malone and and, uh, and Dr. McCullough, they they were clear um, about the fact that many of the people that died, died because they were not given the care that they should have and could have had, but certain uh, obstacles were put in the way of that. Now, there's there's so much to that. We're not, and this episode isn't about getting into what happened in the past. It's about dealing with the current. But the fact yeah. that there is this degree of manipulation and fear that's out there, one of the main things I wanted to address in this episode was encourage the audience out there, do not give into the fear. It's not about fear. There's common sense. There's practical uh, approach to certain things. There's Those things have to be looked at, sure. But there is definitely a manipulation going on here. Um, and of course, you know, Mark, I'd like your thoughts on this, the fact that we know who's behind fear, ultimately the enemy that's behind fear, division, chaos, and the references in Scripture that you made mention, Matthew 24, where else do you find in Scripture or, or prophecy that the fear factor, especially in the times that we're in, it was, was told to, to come? I mean, we've been told that fear was going to be used, and recent prophecies, we had you on last fall— and talking about what was coming in October, and you know there were people out there that scoffed at the idea of something happening in October. Yeah, sure, it's going to happen. And then the Holy Land was hit with a major attack, which has taken this whole world into a whole other level of of escalation of war. And the the pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas protests that are going on in various places around the world, even to the point where the White House was hit with the protests a while back, and they had to relocate the White House staff because of how aggressive the protest was outside. Last I heard, there was still no arrest. Imagine that. Your thoughts, though, on fear, scripture, prophecy, and the times that we're in right now. Well, you know, Jesus said in John 10, 10, he says, I came that you may have life and have life in abundance. Mm -hmm. That's the Lord's plan. And it's first and foremost, it's spiritually, you're experiencing the liberation from sin. And that's what Jesus came for. Sin makes us miserable. The wages of sin is death. That's the wages of sin. But Jesus said, I came to bring you life. So through repentance and turning to him and receiving his grace, we experience that internal life. But there's also Jesus wants to preserve you physically. And, you know, this is where some Christians get too hyper-spiritualized and they don't want to look at their health. You know, they pray and they read the scriptures, they go to mass, but they eat the junk food out there, which is literally poison today. Uh, they, you know, they, they've got Bluetooth things radiating their head. They've got all kinds of things around them. And they oh, no, I don't care about that. But Jesus wants you to live. He wants you to be healthy. He told Joseph and Mary to escape to Egypt. Uh, to protect them. He told uh, Joseph in the Old Testament, fill up your, your granaries with grain so that you would have 
provisions for seven years. So I know Grace Force is doing a good job in preparing people physically. But when it comes to fear, remember John Paul II, as you said in 1976, he said, we are facing the final confrontation between the church and the anti-church. The gospel versus the anti-gospel. And Deacon Keith Fournier was there. He said to me, he confirmed it, that he heard the Pope also say, well, he was a cardinal at the time, Christ versus the Antichrist. And this is a trial, said John Paul II, that would lie within the plans of divine providence. But two years later, when John Paul II became Pope, he stood out on the balcony of, of St. Peter's and he looked out at the whole world and he said, Be not afraid! Often invite your hearts to Jesus Christ. Oh, that's very good. Young people, <laughs> give Christ a chance, you know. That's and so, well, yeah, I mean, what was the Pope schizophrenic? Uh, I mean, did, he just said we're facing the final confrontation. Yeah. But he said, don't be afraid. Why? Because Jesus is in the boat. And as I, you know, the words the Lord gave me is that we're coming into a great storm like a hurricane. And you asked me, Doug, just a moment ago, but where else in Scripture do we see these labor pains and these things and, you know, and, and this reference to fear? Revelation chapter 6 is a mere image of chapter 24 in Matthew. It, it speaks about war. The second seal, the third seal is all about what the United Nations said, food crisis. Uh, you know, um, hyperinflation. The fourth seal is all about famine and plague and the sword, which is really civil breakdown and all of this stuff busting out around the world. We already see the first signs of persecution in Canada. 87 per churches, 87 churches have burnt to the ground in the last two years. Um, and on and on. And this goes into the sixth seal and the seventh seal which sounds an awful lot about what many prophets and mystics have been speaking about, which is a warning, which God is going to warn the world. He said that to St. Faustina before the last day, which is not the last final day of the world, but before the day of the, of the Lord, there will come this sign. Uh, some mystics see just a cross in the sky. Others have seen Jesus crucified. Matthew 24 speaks about uh, all the nations will see the sun and they will mourn when they see him in the clouds. Revelation chapter 6, uh, St. John speaks about everyone thinking it's the day of judgment when the sixth seal is opened. There's a great shaking. The sky is rolled back. The stars fall. They want to hide. It's like they're experiencing a mini judgment within their souls. And that's exactly what the, the mystics say, is that there's going to come this moment of warning. And so this is a great grace. God knows all of these labor pains are going to be unleashed by these secular messianists. I mean, I've always believed for a long time now that the, what Jesus spoke about in the labor pains, this is man-made. This isn't from God, these famines and plagues and wars. This is man-made. And that's what unleashes the, the sixth and seventh seal, which God gives a moment for all people to make a choice now before divine justice is released because without God's divine justice, the world would destroy itself. These messianists would kill everyone with their disease X's and everything they're doing. So God's only allowing this insofar as what? If Jesus called them labor pains, what is coming? Yeah. The answer is a new birth. 
John Paul II also prophesied there is a new day coming, a new springtime. He called us young people when I was at World Youth Day to be watchmen who announced the coming of the risen Lord of this new day, watchmen who announced this new day. And so after all of this crap that's coming upon the world, there's going to be a new springtime in the faith. And that's exactly what it says in Matthew 24. Jesus describes all the labor pains, the famines of plagues. He then goes into persecution, which is the fifth seal of Revelation. And then he says, this gospel will be preached to the, to the ends of the earth as a witness to the nations. And then the end will come. So through all of this and into this coming era of peace or this period of peace, which our lady spoke of at Fatima, she said, in the end, my immaculate heart will triumph. Satan will be crushed. He'll be chained in the abyss. When this happens, I can't remember which Pope it was. Uh, forgive me, but I, I've got a writing on this called on the, the now word.com. It's called, uh, uh, the popes and the uh oh forgive me the, the dawning new age i think or the dawning new era that's what it is and i i give all the prophecies of the popes who speak of this coming pacification that's coming and when the gospel will spread to the earth and everyone in the world in a sense will be catholic i mean jesus prayed it i mean mm. i know some of your evangelical viewers are probably freaking out right now but listen jesus prayed it he said, I will build my church and I will build it on a rock. And then he said in John, I think 17, I'm praying that there will be one flock, one shepherd. Mm. And this is coming. And that's what's coming in this era of peace. The world in a whole sense will be Catholic yeah. because we'll all see Jesus is true church. And all of the errors and the nonsense and the garbage in the church right now, uh, that's going to be purified and gone, and that's part of the labor pains that we're going through. Yeah. As it says in First Peter, the judgment begins with the household of God. How will it end for the world? Mm -hmm. And so right now we're seeing in the church all of this apostasy. We're seeing the wolves rise to the surface. They're coming out. You know, a lot of people are freaking out about the pontificate of Pope Francis, and I look at it and I go, I just say, listen, Jesus could call Pope Francis home tonight in his sleep, but he doesn't. Why? Because he's serving a purpose, which is allowing these wolves to come to the front, or I call them the weeds. Jesus said, let the weeds grow up among the wheat until the time of the harvest comes. And then God's angels will go and he will gather the wheat and the weeds will be chucked into the fire. So this is the time that we're entering in. If you consider everything going on right now, all of Our Lady's messages, everything the popes have said, including the prophetic words of John Paul II, who interpreted Revelation chapter 12 of the woman clothed in the sun and the dragon, this confrontation between them, he said, you know what this is? He said, this struggle par parallels the apocalyptic combat, he said, of a culture of life versus the culture of death. Yes. And he said, this culture of death seeks to impose itself on our desire to live and live to the full. Yep. We're living it. We're seeing it. And so yeah. Jesus said, when you see these signs, raise your heads. I, and we're actually recording on the uh, anniversary of Roe v. Wade. The day of prayer for the legal protection of the unborn children is today when we're recording. Mm -hmm. And you're right, a culture of life versus a culture of death. Um, yes. Mark, uh, I don't get it. And I don't get 1973. 
Okay. So it took 50 years almost for, um, for that to be overturned. And I can't help but point a finger right here at, right here at the spiritual leaders uh, that allowed that and help me unpack that. I have my own ideas, but I really want to hear yours as to, and here, here, here was my, my priesthood, my young priesthood. Not only were we not allowed to say abortion from the pulpit, uh, but we would we would be punished if, if we ever did. Uh, and so there was a fear of, of saying that. And, and I guess the excuse was, well, you might offend a woman who had an abortion or whatever. But also I'm saying that was common in all those years, those 50 years as those poor little babies were being destroyed. I mean, what is it? It's it's Auschwitz times a million. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. it's it's unbelievable if we truly believe that's a life, a baby, in that womb. And we, in essence, and again, I point at us spiritual leaders, the laity, great, but when the spiritual leaders remain silent, and this is my take, and I'd like to hear yours, it normalizes it because they rely on the spiritual leaders to help them to understand how to apply the word of God to this historical moment in in time. But that wasn't even allowed. I mean, you were punished. Mm -hmm. And we look at today, the cancel phenomenon. I mean, if you dare speak up against what evil is doing in the world, I mean, you're canceled. And, uh, and so there's, there's so much fear among, but why do the spiritual leaders, um, choose to inflict fear on those who rather than themselves speak openly sure there are um exceptions to that uh but i think all of us can count them on our right hand uh it seems that that, that those who are truly boldly and courageously speaking up uh and and but if 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 you do and and again, I, I believe, and I'll take your take on this, but this historical moment is, I don't, I don't want to go with unprecedented, but it is about as bad as it's ever been in terms of tyrannical rule. And, and the biggest reason why is because their tools are historically um, great. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the internet, uh, television, uh, radio, mm-hmm. you know, everything that they have at their disposal and they own and operate the message while yeah. any spiritual leader is 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 punished by their superiors uh for for daring to speak out why mark can you what what's your assessment on this what what's going on well i mean beyond i suppose the the one obvious answer is that we are cowards yeah <laughs> uh all of us are cowards in one degree or another. Um, but you know, Jesus of, said that kind of power that the world leaders have to inflict yeah. that kind of cowardice on us. But go ahead. Well, Jesus said that they will strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. Yep. And it was a prophecy for himself. And now it's a prophecy for the church. And you know, when those sheep scattered in Gethsemane, one of them only one of them returned to the cross. 
John. And John risked his life by exposing himself before the Roman soldiers and the Sanhedrin and so on who were all there. So when you you say there's a handful of priests and cardinals, you know, people are getting sarcastic now. I'm noticing online uh, the the cesspool of line online uh, debate and dialogue. It's not even dialogue. Um, <clears throat> you've got the same people, Cardinal Mueller. Um, you've got uh, you know Athanasianist Bishop Schneider um, and, and other bishops, Cardinal Cardinal Burke. Yeah, and all, you have these these men who have come out. And as far as I'm concerned, I mean, are, are they perfect? Well, I'm not perfect, uh, but have they tried to be exemplary? Have they tried to right. do their duty as shepherds, which is to uphold the truth? without creating schism. I, I think they've done a marvelous job in my opinion. Yes. And, and yet people are mocking them, scoffing, oh, there's, you know, there's Cardinal Burke again, you know? Well, I'd say, well, where's the other Cardinals? Right. Where's the other, where's the other bishops? And, you know, we have created a culture of fear. And, you know, one of the, I think one of the biggest curses in the church today is called charitable tax status. Sure, it, it's nice that people can donate, and get a write-off on their taxes. But I tell you, the early church didn't give any tax receipts. Yet everyone gave everything they owned. It says they, they gave it to the apostles. Why? Because they understood the community has to be a community of love and service to the gospel and to the poor. And that's what they did. And that's why my ministry, I, I've never even sought to have charitable status because I didn't even want the temptation that what I say today on your webcast about Mr. Trudeau would somehow revoke my charitable status. And I think that's a real problem today, Father, is these churches don't want their priests preaching the good news, challenging the governments because they don't want to lose their tax status. Well, I'll tell you this. If we as Catholics don't donate because we don't get a, a tax receipt, we ought to have our churches shut down. We don't deserve the sacraments. But you know what? When I see faith living and people understand that we need to support the gospel, support the ministries, and I have people in my ministry who support me in that. They don't care if they get a tax receipt. That's where you see the gospel thriving. These people understand I need to use my wealth and use my money to support the gospel. I don't care. And so it, the problem is so systemic, Father. We, we don't even teach tithing in our church. And uh, the evangelicals, in the meantime, are building these mega churches with, you know, huge speakers and, and beautiful auditoriums. It's just because we don't understand uh, these basic things that we need to invest in the gospel. We need to preach the gospel. And so now we've got we've got this situation today where, uh, you know, it says in the Bible, if you go to the back of Revelation, you know, it warns that one of the groups who doesn't make it into heaven are cowards are cowards mm. and so i just i love my priests i love my bishops you are in persona christi but for the love of god it's time for all of us mm -hmm. to preach the gospel and i tell you this is where we need to now challenge the people who are listening uh the the hill that we're going to die on is right before us and it's coming at you and you need to make a life choice jesus said whoever preserves his life uh it will lose it but he who loses his life for the sake of the gospel he, he will keep it for eternity you will save it 
And I think, I honestly think the hills that we are going to die on are coming. I will not accept a vaccine passport. I won't even put a bloody mask on. I've done so many articles on the science of how they don't even work that I've exhausted myself. I mean, just every bloody science study from a, from the, the, the plague in 1916 to yeah. today, all of the science. But nobody's listening. You know right. why? Because it says in the Bible, Jesus said, I came to bring you life. And then he goes on to say a few verses later, Satan is a liar and the father of lies. He was a murderer from the beginning. You want to know the plan today with these messianists? They're lying to you and the plan is to depopulate. I, I'm not going to back down. I'm telling you the truth. This is the goal. This is the plan to depopulate the earth. It's already begun. 17 million, they say based on studies now from what was injected into people the last three years 17 million so far have died and we are we are hearing and seeing the stories every day of people passing away who are perfectly healthy suddenly dying it's already begun it's not coming it's already begun and yeah. so we need to be prepared right now to meet jesus face to face and i i have one more word but it, let me say that at the end of the show because I, I know you have something to say yeah, I want to chime in too here. Where you know, as we've been, as we talked beforehand, you know, um, a couple things. Number one, this climate issue. You know, the constant push yeah. about climate, climate, climate. Cows are bad. Cows need to be done away with. We need to go to bugs. Get rid of the beef. These things are happening. They're building factories for for crickets. Yeah. All right, people have to realize that they're actually moving and and they're moving yeah. forward with this plan. But the problem is still not CO two from air conditioners, and it's not gas stoves and it's not fossil fuel and it's not cattle it's people at its root that's what they're going to yep. say you've got to reduce the number of people that are using these things and so this idea of depopulation i, I agree 100 with you on this they've made it clear um the masonic guidestones which used to exist outside of atlanta georgia was a monument kind of like a modern day stonehenge mm -hmm. it got blown up about a year ago someone blew up one of the tablets uh, four I'll giant say. like spoke tablets that stood up with a capstone on top. And on the, both sides of each of these four tablets, eight different languages total were the, call it the Masonic Ten Commandments. The number one um, written on there is reduce the population and maintain it at approximately 500 million, so about half a billion. So at this point, we have to remove about 7.3 billion people to get to that number. You know, and it's been said that the wisest thing we can all do is look at the the villainous individuals out there that want to destroy in different ways mm -hmm. and read what they say they're going to do. Look at the signs that are pointing to it, the trajectory, and realize that, yeah, this is really happening here. So I agree with you about the depopulation. I want to get a little more thought from you on that. And then the other part of it that, that I, I think about here that I'd like to address before we you know, wrap up, and I know we got a little bit of time left here, but not much, is there are people who are standing up against this, against the World Economic Forum. The president of Argentina, might pronounce his name incorrectly, Javier Millet, I believe is how you pronounce it. I got him on the screen here. He spoke out at the World Economic Forum, and he pretty much said to them, the state is the problem. You're the chief protagonist. You're the ones that are causing the trouble. I'm here all about freedom that's what we need in this world. He ended up ending the speech by saying, long live freedom, damn it. That's how he actually said it. <laughs> you know. And then you've got uh, Kevin Roberts, um, head of the, he's the president of the Heritage Foundation. 
here in the United States. He also spoke out and he pretty much scolded the World Economic Forum. Um, we're hoping to get him on the podcast here eventually, but this he used to, he's the former president of Wyoming Catholic College. But Kevin Roberts spoke out against it as well. So we do have people on the stage at the WEF in Davos who said, no, we're not going this route. And I do believe, and I hope that this podcast will inspire people to, to respond. We have to do what you're saying, I think, Mark, is we've got to get in tune with the gospel. Father, you've been saying that forever. Get in tune. Get in tune with God. Prepare. Put on the gospel lenses here to see things with. But then where we can, in our foxhole, stand our ground. And I agree with you with the masking and everything else that you know they are going to throw at us again with this lie of disease X. For the audience out there, disease X does not exist per se, meaning they don't know what it is, they say. They're using this as a way to create tremendous fear and throwing out this arbitrary number of 20 times the death toll or or, or the, the seriousness of what we have had in the past is one of the most, again, irresponsible and immature ways to try to inspire any group of people. In fact, what you normally would do is try to downplay it, tell people we're going to get through this, we're going to make this happen, we don't want any panic, let's prepare, let's do it the right way, but that's not what they're doing. Instead, they're saying it's going to be 20 times worse, we don't know what it is, but we know it's out there somewhere, therefore, you all need to jump on board with our pandemic treaty so that we can tell you what you're going to have to do when this, if it ever comes, although, as you mentioned, Bill Gates, Mark, um, he did say that. And if anybody watched the video, his wife at the time sitting next to him, she kind of grins in a very unnerving way about, yeah, the next time this happens, mm -hmm, then people are going to have to respond. Did you see that video clip, by the way? Yeah, I did a documentary on the pandemic uh, called Following the Science uh, that you can find on Odyssey, uh, Rumble. It's got over 2 million views now, and I put that clip let's at the very end that, of Doug. it. Yeah, let's link that, Doug. Yeah, yeah we'll put yeah, the link I'll, in the description I'll, for that. So you have sure. the link of her look when he says that, huh? Yeah, you you look, and it, you know you don't know if she's, she's sitting there going, did you just say that out loud? Uh, but the hubris of these men now is is astonishing and and we shouldn't be shocked by it because the devil was proud yeah and you know there's there's a scripture about how the devil by the envy of the devil death entered the world through him and through those who follow him right uh, i can't remember which passage useful in scripture idiots. that's from the yeah useful, useful idiots. idiots yeah they don't even know they're yeah. following yeah. yeah, so we talked about the conspiracy of life. I mean, John Paul II was the great conspiracy theorist about this, about depopulation. He yeah. was the one warning there is a plan for depopulation. And I've, you know, I've got many quotes on my website from academics today. Uh, even uh, Henry Kissinger, the late Henry Kissinger, talked about depopulation of the third world with being a primary focus of U.S. foreign policy. Uh, this has been out there, and people need to stop thinking it, of it in terms of, oh, these guys are just want to go out and murder people. No, 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 no. They look at us as just a biological product of evolution. We're just a higher form of evolution than plant leaves. Right. And so they just look at us and say, well, let's just help They're evolution smart. along because evolution is out of control. Yeah. So we're just going to get rid of a certain part of the population, you know. It, it, the way uh, you know uh, Klaus Schwab puts it, how does he put it? When they when he talked about how robots would replace thirty to forty percent of the workforce, mm -hmm. 
the, the interviewer asked him, well, what are people supposed to do? And he goes, oh, well, people will adapt. You know, the callousness of that kind of a comment with billions of people out of work, I really think what he's saying is he knows those people probably won't be there in his vision. Uh, and that's why they're not worried about it. And again, this is scary for people. So this is what I want to say. St. John said, perfect love casts out all fear. So if you are afraid in any way, I, I, I would dare say it's because you are not fully in love with Christ, fully given over to the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we see in the lives of the martyrs, those who, I mean, like Ignatius, who, you know, when his followers said to him, no, 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 we'll come and save you from the lions. He said, no, no, please, you're not doing me a favor. Let me go. Let them, these, these lions are like my, my deliverance into the hands of Jesus. Yeah. That is a heart on fire with love for God. And so this is what you and I need to do. This is why Jesus said, watch and pray. Because it's in prayer where we enter into that relationship with God. We get to know him. We fall in love with him. We experience his mercy. And soon enough, if we follow his commandments and we do what he says, we become so in love with Jesus that these people who want to martyr us, we're able to look at them like the, the late David Wilkinson said once when someone wanted to, you know, the cross and the switchblade. Remember that old novel? Mm. And this guy wanted to murder him. And he said, if you murder me, he said, he said, uh, if that's what you want to do, he said, that blade of yours, he said, even if your blade were smashed into a thousand pieces, some, I'm kind of butchering it, but he said, every piece, if you, I think if you cut me into a thousand pieces, he said, every piece of me would say, I love you. He said this to the guy who wanted to murder him <laughs> and, and it converted the guy. And that's the kind of love that we need to have in the face of this. So let me add to that. When good men do nothing, evil prevails. Right. Uh, we need to fight this. And I fought hard during COVID to make it aware. And I know I'm convinced some people, and they've told me, they said, Mark, I think my life was saved because I, 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 I followed the science that you were pointing me to, because I'm not a scientist, but my documentary pointed them to good scientists. We need to do that because Jesus cares about your body. You're a temple of the Holy Spirit, says St. Paul. And so why aren't you concerned about these people, these secular messianists who are saying to you, oh, no, no, you just inject this in your body, even though it's in trials, even though we haven't tested it long term, you go ahead and inject it because we have, we have the common good in mind. What a bunch of bunk. And if you believe that, well, then the outcomes, are, the consequences will come your way, whatever they are, and hopefully they won't be anything. Hopefully you'll get a placebo from these guys, but I wouldn't count on it right. in what's coming. So we, I think we just need divine wisdom, don't we, brothers? We yes. need divine wisdom. And in the book of James, it's the only place I know in the Bible where it says, if you ask for this one thing, you'll get it. And the one thing was wisdom. It says, if you ask for wisdom, you will get it. So every day I try to remember to pray, Jesus, give me wisdom in these times to know the right thing to do. Because it's not enough for you and I to know about these things, about the World Economic Forum. Uh, even it's not enough to know about what John Paul II said and other prophets. We need divine wisdom now to know how to respond. Yeah. Because some Catholics dig bunkers in the ground and store up massive weapons and get into a bunker mentality, that's not operating by divine right. wisdom. 
Yep. We need divine wisdom to know what to do with this yeah. so that we don't panic and that we act as men and women of God. Amen. Amen. So it's a beautiful way for us to end. I just want to put an, uh, another pitch in because it's coming up. Uh, what is the date today? The 24th, it'll be when this is posted. But anyways, February 5th, we're going to start a 54-day. There's strength in number, but there's strength in uniting with God and with each other. That's why this prayer campaign we're doing is called United for the Cross. But what we're going to do is we're going to do the, our best to do the best practices of the saints. What is the best way? I'm sure a lot of people are listening right now are talk, hearing us talk about get as close as we can. get, And they might be asking themselves, but how can I do that? Well, that's what, that's what we're going to do together. And we're going to learn about that. And I actually put this together. I got the good uh, expert advice from Father Ripperger too, about how to develop, how to uh, cultivate the very best practices of the saints uh, to get as close as you can to God. This is called Peace or Strength uh, Prayer Journal. And it just takes you through, but will be for 54 days for us. And that's about the time that psychologists say it takes to develop a good habits. But um, anyway, Peace or strength because we maintain the peace through our strength. Weakness only invites aggression. So we're going to become strong in the Lord and his mighty power and put on the full arm of God so we can stand against the attacks of the devil because we're not fighting flesh and blood here. We're fighting dark forces Amen. in the supernatural realm, Ephesians 6, Amen. 10, and 12. Yeah. So, Mark, thank you so much for being with us. And please go to U.S. Grace Works. We'll put a link in this. for joining together with everybody for this prayer campaign so that we get, get strong and beco become uh, di uh, wis divine wisdom. Do you get that? You know, the first gift of the Holy Spirit is fear of the Lord, and that, and all the gifts lead up to that wisdom. That's the that's the ultimate gift of the Holy Spirit. And during COVID and all these things, people were, uh huh. I know what you're doing. There's a there's a divine wisdom of those who are close to the Lord. And so, thank you, Mark. And please, if everybody would join us for that, and uh, we'll close with a prayer in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Thanks Mark. Good to have Thank you again, you. brother. Thank you, brothers.